You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Hey, how are you? Hey, Greg Hectus. Yo, yo, yo. Tony Groves. Good evening, Mike. Special guest, Stephen Llewellyn. How's it going, guys? Hey, and I think Chris Scales will be coming. Uh, he's on his way home. All right, well, uh, welcome, everybody, and uh, welcome St- uh, special guest, Stephen Llewellyn. Uh, you've been part of Tifosi, uh for a little while now, so uh, you've been part of our team, and you finally made it to the podcast. Your schedule doesn't really mash up a lot of times, but... Uh, you're able to join us at least for the beginning of this. So let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, and so go through our questions. Uh, what brought you to iRacing and uh, when and how did you hear about it initially? Uh, I actually haven't been a NASCAR fan for too long. A couple of years ago, my wife uh, sponsored a team. So kind of started going to races with her. And the guy that she sponsors uh, was talking to me about it. So I kind of looked into it. Uh, I started, I'm um, just now a little over a year and man, I'm in love with it. All right. Yeah. So 2017 was your first start, uh, but looks like, uh, 2018 is really where you picked it up. You got all your wins, uh, nine so far. That's a winning percentage of 1.4% overall. And so not too bad as a, as a beginner, but you got your uh, A license obviously, and you're growing your I rating. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, this uh, last eight months or seven, eight months or so have been a lot better than the, you know, when I started last year. All right, well, let's talk about how often are you racing, like uh, every day, once a week, and uh, that kind of thing, and what series are you running? Uh, I try to run at least three races a week. It just depends, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um I run mainly, it was running mainly the uh, A-Fixed uh, until I joined Tafosi here, and now I've been running uh, a lot of the Opens. Yep, a lot of A-Open and uh, NIS a little bit, and uh, in fact, you got your first uh, NIS win this week, so congratulations on that. Yeah, uh, Bristol, that was a, a fun, fun race. I just kind of started in the back there, kind of kept the car clean. Uh, got up to 16x, about 50 laps in, and kind of just stayed around the back and found myself up towards the front with about 60 left and led about the last 45. Yeah, that is awesome. And uh, obviously, NIS is one of the most popular series on the on the service, so it's always something to win in that one. So we'll talk about Bristol later. Uh, let's talk more about, do you do any leagues hosted? Uh, anything else like that? I do uh, host it every once in a while. I do race in the uh, Simulation Stock Car Association League on uh, usually on Thursday nights. Uh, this is my first year with them. Great league, bunch of great group of guys to run with uh, every Thursday. All right, cool, cool. And uh, let's talk your hardware. And what are you running with as far as wheel and pedals, computer, uh, how many monitors, you know, third-party software? Uh, as for computer, I just have a Jesus, um, 
as for my pedals, I have the uh, Fanatec load cell pedals, uh, the uh, 2.5 wheelbase uh, with the P1 wheel, the uh, 1.5 shifter, and I got the R-Seat N1 chassis. Wow, R-Seat. What do you think of the R-Seat? Uh, I haven't heard a lot about it. Oh, man, I love it. It's very sturdy. It's uh, definitely an upgrade from what I uh, started with. I also run an Oculus. Oculus Rift, very good. And so with the Oculus, obviously third-party software, probably just TeamSpeak? Uh, I do run um, Crew Chief and uh, uh, SimApps. Uh, for the countdown, obviously, and the spotter for the crew chief and, you know, the crew chief part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that works really good for the people with the Oculus, so. All right, yeah, very my, good. My plan is to go to triples here probably in the next few months and have them both and just kind of work back and forth. Yeah. It's interesting if... You know, if you think about if you have triples and an Oculus Rift, how hard is it to switch actually back and forth? I mean, you have to start unplugging cables and plugging other cables. And Greg, you have some experience with that. What do you mean, like undoing? Well, you have to change your Windows stuff? resolutions and everything, right? Yeah, it's it was it wasn't great. Ah, uh, then I probably need to rethink that then. Well, it's a process. I mean, it's not like you can just lay, you know, have everything plugged in. You would have to actually get up to your computer and unplug stuff, and then reset your Windows settings. And wouldn't that um, new app INI stuff that, that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago fix some of that? Though, well, it would help uh, reconfigure the iRacing portion of it, yes. But you'd still have a Windows configuration as far as the actual graphical, you know, resolution settings. Yeah. But uh, that is interesting. I've always thought about, well, if I had both, how would I switch between them? And, I, you know, they really need a hardware solution for that. That would be cool if they, they, you could have a way to do that. Or maybe if you had two video cards somehow, you could have everything plugged in and you flip some kind of software switch and it works. But uh, anyway, let's keep going. Uh, most memorable iRacing moment so far... Stevens, in your short uh, career, what do you think? Um, I would say probably uh, the Daytona race I won earlier this year in Bristol, probably the one I had last week, or probably about the same. I got pretty excited over both those. All right, yeah, of course, that's a, a huge win. So, well, welcome to Tifosi. Uh Appreciate you being with us on the podcast as well. Let's jump right into it. Uh, news, Brent McCoy, you're up first. Alrighty, give me one second here. I was actually going through. Um, Very first one. Yeah. This is the incident limit one, correct? No, the active members. Ah, uh, okay. You go ahead and take that. For some reason, it is All right. different on my end. So, active members, I'll take this one. So, Tyler Hudson posted up uh, an interesting little tidbit saying, we actually have 73,000 active members. More than there's ever been. And uh, I had no idea it was really that high. I, I had this feeling in my head that it was like 45,000. But now all of a sudden 73. Wow, that's a bigger number than I thought. So what did you guys think? Did you have any impression about you know how many active members we have? 
you know, you don't really think about it being that many as uh, there are that many active members, you know, because you come on here on a daily daily basis and you only see a, a thousand or fifteen hundred to a two thousand on at a time, depending on what time of day you come on. So to hear that it's that high of an active um membership count is pretty crazy, I think. I mean there's still yeah, the thing is is at nighttime, even when I'm practicing at night uh, and gonna get off work, there's still probably two thousand to twenty five hundred on consistently during the night i mean i don't know what there's not a lot of racing going on that's official so i don't know a lot of those people are just must be either in hostage sessions or you know doing what i'm doing practicing so what is iRacing's definition of active member and i would guess it means they have an active membership they can log in they could race if they wanted to they could go on the forums but what we're what you're saying, what you guys are saying, it's usually in the single digits of the thousands, you know, two to five thousand or something like that. But there's actually seventy three thousand that are actually paying an active membership month to month, and I think that's what the number means. Well, and even if you saw Lamar the other day when it when everybody started getting ready to go up and go on that, it uh, it went from like fifteen hundred people on in the morning to like six thousand real quickly. Well, and the other thing it tells us is it's a small percentage of people that are enrolled in iRacing that are actually racing at any given moment. And you'd think it's a little higher than that, but it's actually lower. There's a lot of lurkers, probably. I wonder how many of those people are the, the guys, like some of the ones on our team, that are waiting for a tire model or some other change before they come back. On hiatus, right. So we have uh, 18 members on our team, but... Less than half of that are actually active, in my opinion. And the rest are on some kind of hiatus, you know, for whatever reason. Pretty cool thought. I, I Anyway, I had no idea it was 73,000, so that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, Brent, how about the next one? Good deal. Yep, I got you here. So, as we know, we had the 24 Hours of Le Mans over this past weekend. And the very first race, there was a uh, issue brought up with the incident count. And it was only topped out at fifty. That was brought to attention by Patrick Wolf. And um as you could as you could assume, there was not a lot of happy people with it. Did any of you guys happen to jump on early on and notice anything? Well, we weren't saw, in that split, yeah. I saw mm-hmm. Mike posted mm-hmm. it right away once it went up and he saw it. Yeah, you guys ran a different uh event, the one that started later in the day. Yeah, it was the one, that was the midnight one the day before. Remember we were talking and I thought I was confused. I thought it was noon and it was actually the midnight one. And then the nine o'clock one is the one we did. Yeah, and they fixed it for that one apparently. Yeah, for the second race it says on here, um, they jumped on and, and got it fixed for the second one later on in the afternoon. But the first one, it was it was capped out at 50 and iRacing said they could not go in and fix it during the race. Bummer. So let's stay on the topic of Lama. Uh, uh, there's a topic, a couple links here, uh, two down. Uh, basically, uh, posted up. Congratulations to Tafosi Racing, podium finish. Uh, congratulations, Greg. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a fun race, and and I know there was a lot of. I guess you guys were, you know, there was chatter in it when people were following it and we were posting every six hours or so on the, on the Tifosi page of how we were doing. And it was me, Mike Morley and, uh, Phil Linden. 
and uh, they uh, we we all did uh, you know as best as we could. I mean, Phil Phil was pretty did a lot of his stints early on, and one into the middle of the night. And I'm since I work nights, I I was pretty much in the middle of the night most of it. So I stayed. I was staying up for then, and Mike. Mike had a stint in the middle of the night that got us, got us, we were fighting between sixth and fourth for probably 12 to 15 hours there, um, within that class. And the, the guys that we were racing against were, we were swapping back and forth every time we'd go in for driver swaps or pit stops and things like that. And then Mike and I at one point decided to go to a strategy where we didn't take tires for about five or six stints, which gave us a gap of about almost two minutes to three minutes on the, the next things before we did an, or the next team before we did a driver swap and we just, you know, we stayed ahead and then they were, it looked like they were trying the last stint before the end of the race there where we were in P three and that they were chasing us down. They put their fastest driver in and I was driving and I was just trying to run some consistent lap times and he was running me down but I think he was trying to push me to run out of fuel because they were calculating that we were going to run out. But uh, Mike and I put it to right where it would be enough. And then if I had to, I could turn down the fuel mixture and I would get us over the line. And uh, they ran out of fuel or they had to pit one with, with one to go. So, you know, it was all for nothing for them anyways. But it was great racing. Um, David K. Hall, who we had on last week, we were racing probably for a good 10 hours. So we're racing his a uh, team that I think it was the Martinsville Mafia or whatever it was. And we raced them for about 10 hours until they had a accident with a lap car and uh, the race was done. Yeah. Yeah. He messaged me about that. Yeah. How long was the longest run that you ran consecutively? Like how many times you were doing consecutive stints on fuel? Well, we tried to, uh, gap it where some of them um mike and i wanted to do a two three uh we want each one of us wanted a three-hour stint somewhere there just to try and get some people some gap in there i couldn't start the morning and i couldn't get until the afternoon so i think mike took the first two hours then phil did the next two hours and then i came in finally to uh, you know in the afternoon and and then i think mike did a three-hour stint after that and then i can't remember because the lap time, it's really hard to to judge where you're pitting. Like, we, you, you know, you go three or four pit stops, maybe, well, it's probably about three pit stops before the next guy would take over. And that's where, at near the end, it kind of paid off where Mike didn't take any tires on his two-and-a-half-hour stint, and then I didn't take any tires at all when I got into the car to run the last stint. Um, so we could get way ahead of that team and, and you know, just run some good laps. The, the tire fall off wasn't much there. You just had to be careful with it. And the way that that track rubbered up overnight was just unbelievable. If you got out of it, there was no grip. But if you were in the line, there was all kinds of grip. Wow, that is something, the strategy with the no tires. I had no idea that you could do that and gain so much time. But I guess so, because the ti- the tires are separate from the fuel and the driver change, right? Yeah, it's all measured differently. Like you could be on pit road for, I think it's, I never did time what the differences were. We were just finding what we would have gap wise when we came out of pit road. And I think it was, I mean, I think the driver swaps 15 to 30 seconds and then fueling, 
um, takes another 15 to 30 seconds. And I think the tires is, a, is like 15 seconds. So, you know, if you're saving 15 seconds a lap, it's, it helps out over, you know, five or six pit stops. I never even thought about the all the rubber laid down on a 24-hour race. That's crazy. Like you yeah, were probably just basically running on a rubber track by the end of it. Well, it, in the braking zones, you could see how dark it was getting by the end of the race. Like it, the 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 thing that would have like you know obviously we don't have the you know, the day night there. That day night would have changed everything because Lamar doesn't have a lighting system, right? So we would have been lying on headlights and everything for that race, and it would have been. You know, I would. I bet you half the people that finished that race wouldn't have. Right. Soon. Yeah. And then Phil was uh, in the middle of the night. He was uh, wanting us to crunch some numbers on if if we turned down the fuel mixture. You know, if we could maybe do it in one last stop. Uh, Chris, you were burning up the calculator, right? Oh no, it wasn't me. Yeah, I didn't have anything to do with Le Mans. That was that was all Phil, Mike, and oh, it might have been Flowers. I know Flowers helped out a lot. Yeah, Flowers was jumping in every once in a while there, given, you know, any knowledge that he had, I guess, from Daytona. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with only three people. You pulled it off and a podium finish, and you had to earn it. I mean, it was full-on racing for hours and hours. It wasn't like you were just riding around. Uh, and the fact that I purchased the car on Tuesday, my first laps in the car were Tuesday night. And I think Mike's was early last week. He only purchased it. And I don't know how long Phil's had the car. So, you know, we've never even, we were racing the last, I was racing all that week leading up to it just to get my license to run the race. Greg, if you, um, since we're on the Le Mans topic here, how did you guys feel with only having three drivers with those driver swaps? If you could do it again, would you have more? Would you have less? Because I know there were some teams that were doing two drivers. It looked like there were some doing, you know, five or six how would uh, how would you do it again, and how would you guys feel as far as mentally after that? I know Mike and I afterwards were talking because the hardest part with the three of us, with the way the pit stops was 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 going out, was the fact that um, we didn't all equally the same amount of laps. I think I did fifty laps less than Phil, and I think I did twenty laps less than Mike. Like I was the least amount of laps because I was kind of filling in, and. You know, I don't mind because I was the one that was able to get those guys through the night. I mean, Phil ran a long stint in the nighttime because I gave him one extra pit stop because uh, that's the other thing that we, we lost two separate incidents in that were uh, Mike's system crashed probably on his second stint, which I think was around five or six that night, and he his system crashed and we had to get towed back from the furthest, one of the furthest parts on the track, so we lost all that time. Um, Phil crashed; uh, his system crashed in the middle of the night. He lost uh, internet connection. He had to reset and we and wait for the tow. And so I gave him an extra stint in the middle of the night. And you know we've lost we lost a bunch of time there. Like I mean, we had nothing for the whoever was the two Porsches that were ahead of us in that race. We had nothing for those guys. Those guys were consistently running good times. Um, we might have not been, I think we finished 11 laps down, if I remember correctly. I think we probably, you know, were like around the nine lap mark if, you know, if we didn't have those two, uh, you know, problems. I mean, I, I even streamed the whole race last, that whole night too. Like on my page, I, you know, you can watch the whole race, uh, my stints plus on the outcar view of both Phil's and 
mics you know i had my stream up the whole night i put a pretty good taxing on my system that night yeah and you guys were in the ninth split and uh, a guy named uh, brian crouch actually put up no rob crouch put up stats on the forum about the race 688 teams complete uh, competed which was just over 2500 drivers and uh Overall, there were 14 different official races with an average strength of field of 27.26, and there were over 488,000 laps completed with 65,000 incidents, which was only 0.13 incident per lap, which was pretty low, I I thought. Yeah, the problem with that, I mean, Lamar has some good runoff areas, but then there's some areas that you think that you can just put your tire on and it ends up being a one X it's, it's, it's not totally accurate. Like, you know, some of the curbing that you want to just put your tire in to make the next turn. Like, you know, if you're on the out, your outside tire and you are turning into a right-hand turn and your left side tire touches this part of the track, it'll give you a one X. So that's, it adds up pretty quickly if you're not careful. Right. But, yeah. Check. Yeah. Check out the stats page. If you haven't seen it, uh, Tifosi racing is listed because of the podium finish so congratulations guys and uh hell of a run um that is the best run i believe for this team overall in a 24-hour race so good job and that's the over you know p3 overall not just in class well that's what we were debating on if we because we i think up leading up to that mike and i were debating on if we wanted to a field uh a gt car ourselves and mike's like well no i want to you know, be up on the top and see, see our name. So I said, yeah, well, we'll take the Audi then. Right. There you go. That's why I always want to run the faster car. So, but uh, check out the stats page. It's pretty cool. Uh, they have all kinds of stuff like cleanest driver, fastest laps of the race in each car and who had them top five, actually uh, of fastest race laps, uh, all kinds of neat stuff. Do they have a breakdown of what cars were ran? Yep. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. Oh, yeah. So, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, check out Rob Crouch on the forums. It's called the 24 Hours of Lamar 2018 Stats. The other thing I was going to say, too, Mike, um, if anybody wants to go you know, check out any of the stuff from what happened for us that week, uh, you can visit, you know, I got my Twitch page, which is at twitch.tv, uh, Frozen Cactus, uh, Frozen with two O's and Cactus with two K's. Um, or you can get Mike. Mike was uh, live streaming it on his Twitch.tv at Moorley's Ra- uh, Racing. So, you know, there's. I'm right now. I'm on Twitch right now for the podcast as well. So if anybody wants to you know watch and see us live, I'm going to be going live every time I go on and anything. And I'm, I'm not just picking ovals now too. I'm going to be doing road course racing a lot now too since I got my licenses up there. Cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to pick up these next two to get us back on track on on the uh, script here. So uh, iRacing announced congratulations to the following drivers for being chosen at random to receive 100 iRacing credits for the 10 years of Solstice uh, uh, contest. And so they announced those 10 winners. Darn it, I wasn't part of the list. I didn't know that. I didn't catch that they were actually doing that. I knew that they were doing the ten grand. Um, oh yeah, and then, and then yeah, and then like the random, and then like the five dollars they're giving everybody or whatever. But I didn't realize they were 
doing a thousand bucks every week, you know, to ten or you know, hundred to ten guys for each series. That's cool. So we have three more chances still. That's right. Now the other uh, news for my racing about the contest is a reminder about Mazda Hot Lap Challenge. It's week five of the contest. Now remember, uh, this is the uh, competition on Time Attack. Uh, it's going to be Gateway Motorsports Park, uh, and basically. Um, you know, you can win as well um, a chance to uh, get a 2019 Rolex 24 at Daytona trip to the race, uh, you know, VIP trip. And so the information is listed at iRacing.com backslash Mazda Hot Lap Challenge. And you'll see there uh, a listing of who the earlier uh, qualifiers are for round one, two, three, and four. So go get those prizes, guys. Lots of good stuff out there. Now, I didn't do the 10-year anniversary this week because I didn't own the car or the track. And I'm like, darn it, you know, I'm not going to spend the money to do it, so I'm out. I forgot last week to run the one that I actually had. I started right. to run the, the one this week. I ran the last two. I'm definitely going to hit all four of them, just, just in case. Okay, Chris, you're next about the NASCAR new package they're talking about for next year. Um, Actually, I didn't really research this one much because I, yeah, I kind of thought you'd get this because I actually had your – you actually posted on this subject. Yeah, basically, uh, they're talking about the new – the rumor that NASCAR is going to move to a restrictor plate package on the – mile and a half two mile tracks next year like 16 to 19 different races and uh it isn't in stone yet but there's rumor they're going to do it and so the you know the discussion is what's going to happen in i racing of course uh, we always follow what nascar does so does this mean we're going to have a a restrictor plate package for these uh mile and a half what do you guys think is this good or bad terrible absolutely yeah. terrible yeah we're sad it's Go ahead. A, it's a terrible, yeah, like Chris said, terrible. It's a bad idea, and I really hope NASCAR doesn't do this. I mean, yeah, we we had a lot of fun watching the the All Star race, but I mean, you know, do we do we want a restrictor plate every single friggin' week? I know I don't want to watch it on TV, and I definitely don't want to race it on the sim. So I really hope they don't go with this. Brent, was it me and you that were going at it for a while there, or was it Bobby? Mm, I think it was I, Bob. Probably maybe, Bobby. It was probably Bobby and me, actually, that we were going at it on Messenger about the tapered spacer in the truck series. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a couple of tracks that they could they could do it. Like the like I said, the All-Star race was kind of cool. I don't know. I bet just put it on any more than just one mile and a half. That sounds like it's just a terrible idea. That's not how, that's not racing. Racing is, you know, the fastest car going as fast as they can, everybody going as fast as they can, not putting uh, governors on them basically and just so pe everybody can run side by side that's that's not racing and that's coming from a guy that does pretty well on the, the the plate races so i would probably do better if i racing brought it but hopefully if nascar even if nascar does it i don't think i racing will because i think most of us don't want it and i think we could convince them not to make those changes now i was gonna say too any of you guys you obviously guys have run the truck series at Michigan and you know 
how you know if you can't get away from the guy behind you that and he drafts you down the straightaway in those trucks it's really frustrating to always not get away from him. imagine doing that for full races and not being able to get away from people no matter if you're better or not that's where i was that's where i'm looking at it like i i just know i can i always can get back to michigan when you're in a truck series if you don't have like a really good setup to really pull away and lose that draft if they can draft you down the straightaway you're never going to get away well, I could see an upside to all this, and this would be like sim side and and like regular NASCAR side. I mean, you could save a whole ton of money because you might as well just race at one track and do it 36 times. Um, we could do the same thing in the sim because I, I really think it would be – that's exactly what it is. It's just Daytona every week. What the hell? If they were smart enough, they'd ask them to try it out in the sim first. Maybe put Maybe put it all together and get all the NASCAR drivers to try it in the sim. Yeah. There you go. Well, I agree. I mean, NASCAR, if they do this, I think it's a bad idea, just like everybody else, including the NASCAR drivers. Uh, I haven't seen anybody come out in favor of this, really. Um, Everybody seems to be negative towards it. Um, So I don't know if it'll actually happen or not, but if it does, I imagine it would eventually come to iRacing. That is the the pattern. Uh, So I was asking on the forum post, how quick would it come? You know, in the past, when NASCAR has made a change, like from Gen 5 to Gen 6, or there's some kind of significant aero change or horsepower change, it's usually like six months, and then we have it. Um, and so if this happens starting next year at Daytona, I would expect next summer we'll be racing it that way. Would it be good for me? Probably, because I'm a good restrictor plate guy, but I don't think it's good for the sport of, overall of racing. I, I really think they should uh, go against it. I think it's better that the cars are hard to drive. Let's take the splitter off the car. Let, leave the yes. car alone, yes. except take the freaking splitter off of it. And all the drivers, teams, everybody's been saying that for years. Like that, that and less mile and a half gets back to short tracks. I mean, the, Less downforce, right. Yeah, it seems like they know what the fix is. Yeah, put our valence back in, get rid of the stupid splitter. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, Make the, them lift in the corner so they have to lift, they have to drive it in, they have to dive bomb, they have to manage yep. the throttle coming up. I mean, that's racing. So they would go back to what they looked like back in the early 90s then with the front ends and the yeah, early like, 2000s. Yeah, basically that's all there is to it. Just, yeah, take the splitter off and just put the, the bumper back on it. So, yeah, the valence just uh, just... That's a metal bumper. All right, let's keep moving. Tony, schedule is out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> um, I got a little wrapped up in that last one. Um, yeah, the uh, season four schedule um, is out, and they're uh, in a new series, the Ferrari GT3 Challenge. Um, 15 minute fixed setup races. Um, so I imagine those would run about every half hour. Um, yeah, if they only last 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And, do we uh, need another? So I saw this and I'm like, do we need another road racing series? Really? I mean, there's like a. Well, I got a. Oh. Well, never mind. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, well, there's. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Mike. I was just going to say there's another quick thing there that the that uh tyler posted up that the uh grand prix series will be uh fixed set up for the for season four as well f1 
Wow, that's interesting. McLaren F1. So fixed for the Formula One. I mean, will that drive participation? I think it. Uh, one of our teammates, Mike, was saying, "Oh, well, maybe I might be interested in this now, since uh, you know." Both Mike and I are going to start running that. Cool. You have the car. Yeah, I have the car, and I got my 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 new rim should be here Monday afternoon, so I can use that for Formula racing. All right. Oh, a few more things. Uh... The um, NASCAR Monster Energy Chevrolet Camaro will replace the Chevrolet SS in all existing series. Um, Kokomo is a new track, and Centripetal Circuit is a placeholder on the schedule until the track is released. Um, Atlanta will have two new rallycross configurations, and Atlanta Legends Oval and Atlanta Road Course are placeholders until the tracks are released. So. That'll be coming. Coming. Okay. Yeah, I was confused by that. That'll be cool to have another rallycross track. Yeah, I really got to get into the more rallycross. I mean, I'm absolutely terrible, and you've been witness to that, Mike. Um, I, I really like the walls and being upside down, but I have a lot of fun. I just don't run them nearly enough as I need to, as I should. Well, it, the participation is really low. I mean, I was looking this week to run a couple. And there was like one, two people. It doesn't even look fun when there's only that many people. So, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Well, yeah, there's another downside to that, that, yeah, no, nobody's racing it. But why is nobody racing it? I mean, um, it, it's, it's cool. You get to jump a freaking car. It's probably right. the learning curve. I have a lot of fun with it. And, and it. you remember they took away the reason uh, of... You know, we had the before was, oh, it'll mess up my oval eye rating, my, my pavement rating. Well, they now you have a separate rating, so you don't have to worry about losing anything. And so I'm not afraid to run it, but it, I want to have participation. I want to run a full grid, you know. I think AI is going to be the answer to that. You know, we can just have AI races, you know. And maybe they can have a thing where they just fill in with AI. Maybe you only have two real people, and then everybody else is AI. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I'd like to see that series come around more. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I'd like to talk big and say that I, you know, I'd I'd race it more. I really don't know if I would, but um, there's a spot down deep down that that really wants to race it more. Um, time, my time is the issue. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't want to see the series go away. I enjoy it every time I race them, but I'm, yeah, I'm part of the problem. I don't race them very often. I haven't looked. Maybe, you know what, when I'm in the up in the middle of the night, I'm going to check to see what participation's like in the middle of the night and see if it's any different at, you know, late times of night. I think it's lower. Uh, you just never know, because the, the European side of the world, they there's some participation in a lot of the road, like, roadside, like there, yeah. there's some roadside racing that's still got a lot of participation, like Last week when I was trying to get my um, my license up, I was able to run road racing in the middle of the night and and, and have full splits. There was some like three or four splits going at sometimes in the middle of the night, like three or four o'clock in the morning here. Oh. All right, let's keep moving. Brent, you're up next. All righty, we're gonna do the uh, NIS playoffs, correct? Yeah. All right, Matt Busa went and uh, put out a post here. 
um, dictating or showing the playoff standings for the top split of the NIS fixed series so far. He said all he has done is NIS. He's currently working on the open schedule, but it is going to be a the way the playoff works. It's going to be Las Vegas, Richmond, Charlotte for the first round of 16, and then Dover and Talladega for 12, Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix for eight, and then Homestead for your final four. Um, he said he's been tracking all of these throughout the entire year, and he's got a a good group of drivers in here. Just give you some guests. Michael Guest, uh, who else? We got Logan Clampett, uh, Parker Alexander, just to name a few that are in here. Also, Sergio Abella is also in there. So this should be interesting going down the stretch, especially these final um, these final several races, and see how this all plays out. I know all these drivers are extremely talented. Yeah. Now this is an official. This is a make believe as if we had a playoff like NASCAR has with the elimination style every three people you know every three races people are cut and so Matt is just really good with uh, numbers and math and uh, excel and so he's basically figured out you know if you take the top standings of NIS fixed and you're in the top 30 and you've had a win that's what makes you eligible for this little exercise he's going through and obviously, I'm not on the list because I'm not top split. But it is interesting that he's able to do this. Uh, um, I think it works because he is doing the top split. It would be impossible to do like the second or third split because people come in and out of that, you know. So uh, it's kind of a neat to watch, and, and we'll be watching this throughout the, the playoffs and see uh, who wins it at the end. It'll be interesting to see if that person is different than who wins the actual points uh, in the NIS fixed. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, Chris, you're next. Uh, yeah, right along those same lines. Um, the uh, NASCAR Ignite series started their playoffs, and their real playoffs, not their, their made-up ones this week. Last night. Um, yep, last night at New Smyrna. Um, I actually didn't catch the results. Garrett Lowe, I believe, was his name. Oh, he he win the race, so he'll yep. uh, so he's going to Homestead then for sure. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Now they announced uh, or they clarified exactly what the champion wins. Yeah, pretty awesome too. So this is the list of um, what they'll bring home: a ten thousand dollars scholarship. This will be put towards starting or furthering winners' racing aspirations. One-on-one driver instructional with Max Pappas. This will also include one of his MPI steering wheels, introduction to NASCAR racing development personnel, a sim seat simulation cockpit and seat with monitor stands, a Martinsville Speedway VIP experience, a NASCAR racing experience voucher, and a VIP iRacing account. Which that's awesome. So what's a, a VIP iRacing account? Free? By the way, well, I would it's guess pro- it means free. Yeah, I guess it's paid. I'd probably be paid for. Almost like all like a content. Sponsor. Yeah, that's awesome. I like the, the. It's nice that the Max Pappas is getting involved too. Yes, yeah, that how is cool a nice. And you get introduced to all the people in NASCAR. You get to go to a NASCAR race at Martinsville. You know, full VIP. And a nice. You get a Max Pappas wheel. You get a Sim Seat Solutions cockpit and monitor stand. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good help. Plus the ten dollars scholarship. That's uh, that's a good prize. That's that's a that's a a nice way of iRacing promoting people to go to school too. 
Do you know if they're doing anything for, like, some of the other people? (laughs) Like, is this all, like, uh, one big winner? Or do you know if any of the other um, participants get anything? I don't think think they do. I haven't heard anything else about that. Just the winner. Well, what does second place get in NASCAR when uh, they win the championship? They get some money. Yeah, you still (laughs) got to pay off. Yeah, they haven't publicized anything like that at all, but... I would think they would. Probably some iRacing credits or something, at least, you would think. A ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Ham sandwiches are great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So NASCAR is, you know, this is their baby. It's the kids series. They're doing a good job with it. They got a nice, nice prize package. I think it's appropriate considering. I think the $10,000 scholarship thing is really nice for that to add to it. They could have just done all kinds of racing stuff in that in general, but putting the $10,000 scholarship helps out. Yeah. All right, next up, I will take, it is a petition to change the gear ratio at Darlington. It is an off week. Darlington is next week in the NIS series, and uh, apparently everybody's on the chip. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, they're on the chip early, too. At least halfway down the back stretch, they're coming on. Um, I guess I just read there, Tyler, he said he changed the, can't change the gear ratio, but he changed the time of day to the afternoon from late afternoon. So I'm sure you're still going to be on the chip early on, but hopefully later on in the run, you'll back off sooner. So what well, he's saying is he just made it slip, slipperier so you don't get as much traction coming out of the corners. Yep. And if you think about it, it's only for a few laps. As soon as the tires start falling off, it's no longer a problem. I just hate that the the, the fix is going to be, instead of just allowing them to unclick, because you should be able to change rear end gears. They do that in NASCAR, and they can't. you can't for some reason on, on here. I don't know what the reasoning is, but uh, a lot of people were asking for it. Some people were saying, eh, it's no big deal. You know, so I'm not sure myself. It always bugs me, though, if it is in the rev limiter. I'm like, man, we got to change that gear. You want it to hit it at the end of the straightaway right when you're about to lift. You don't want it to be hitting it mid-straightaway. All right. Yeah, and, and they were hitting it pretty early, at least going down the back stretch. They, uh, some guys are saying now that for about 10 laps and then it backs off with this change. All right, uh, Tony, I think you're next. Got a birthday. Yes, we have a birthday, and actually, I remember talking about this last year. Um, Oh, that means you're a veteran of the podcast now. Oh, no, 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 you're going to have higher expectations, can't have that. Um, Yeah, so we have, and I believe this is the oldest iRacer on the sim, um, just turned 91, um, and uh, Paul D. Smith posted up to, to say happy birthday to his dad, his dad, Monty. Um, and he's still racing. Uh, he's doing, uh, I guess he hangs out mostly doing the hosted races, but man, 91 years old and, and still racing. How cool is that? That is awesome. And, uh, I remember talking about this guy every year on the podcast. It's been several years. We've actually have talked about uh, his birthday. Thanks to his son, Paul D Smith, who actually post up about his dad in the forums, uh, but he's still active. That's pretty cool. And actually driving, not just an active account. So 91. I hope I'm also 91 and driving. That's cool. Yeah, same here. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, 
you know, and I'm, I'm sure Paul's going to continue doing this on, on a yearly basis. Um, cause, uh, yeah, this is fun to talk about. This is great. All right, cool. Uh, Greg, you're next. Okay, so I'm just opening a link here, and I knew exactly who posted it as soon as I saw what the title was. <laughs> Our buddy Hammer has uh, been at it again with his polls. Uh, should iRacing NIS series have DQs? And I guess he posts, he's looking for 400 votes. If there's a two-to-one majority to remove it, I'll send the request by email. If you want to keep it and someone else and something else done, fine, just let, you know, give your opinion on it. Now, we've had a bunch of discussions over the last, this always comes up, you know, Martinsville, Richmond, Bristol, Bristol. like any of those tracks. Like, I have a feeling we're going to have that que- that same topic probably at Indianapolis in a, a week or so times, and Darlington too, because of, you know, the fact that the tracks they're at, because, I mean, I know Darlington, you're going to be scraping up against the wall, and it's going to be hard to pass people without getting contact. And Indianapolis is going to be the same way. But Indianapolis is the full race. So, you know, it's going to be a long race. And I know those take races take a while with a lot of caution laps. So, you know, this is a big discussion about having um, incidents in the NIS series. What do you guys think? I vote Good. for, yeah, keep Wait, the DQ. Um, I, I, I totally vote for it. No, don't like it, especially when it happens to me. I absolutely hate it. But, I mean, how many times are you going to hit the wall before your car is wrecked? Um, you know, th- that kind of thing. Uh, I don't think you should remove it. Yeah, I voted no on this. Uh, when I saw it, I, I put in my vote of no, we need to keep the DQ system, even though I personally got DQ'd out two or three times here at Bristol. Yeah, I don't think it needs to go away. Um, I think we should be patient and wait for the new damage model, which might make it where these incidents uh, might not happen as easily. And that might be a good, you know, uh, alternative. But uh, the voting is pretty close. So I don't think there's a majority here that are worried about it. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I want to keep it there. And just like you said, I think the the damage model, uh, this uh, is more of the problem than the incident limit. You know, these ghost 4Xs and stuff. And I'll talk a little bit more about that, too, when we get into the, the league results, because I had some of that happen to me this week. Yep. But, now, uh, yeah, Hamburg is just trying to figure out what does the community really want, or what do they think about this? So. I just think that, we, you know, we, we're trying to solve a problem, but I think the other problem here is we compare every track as the same if we call it short track racing then obviously it should be it's not the same as super speed racing and it's the same it's not the same as mile and a half racing and and two mile racing so why does it have the same incident limit that's the problem that should be changed right like it's not the fact that why do we have 20 22 incidents for um Bristol, and then we have 22 incidents for, you know, a place like, you know, I ran Michigan the one week and had no incidents. They shouldn't be considered the same. Michigan could be lower, and, and uh, Bristol could be a higher incident rating. It's only affecting your SR, so, but they need to make the penalty for incidents um, stiffer. So, and this is where, you know, like, 
even last week where I uh, went and got my, I've gone from a C road racing license to almost an, I'll be an A by the end of the night, you know, in less than a week. Like that's the problem is it's too easy to keep your safety rating up and keep a license. If you're at risk of losing a license, maybe people race different. Yep. Well, it's interesting for sure. Um, we'll also see how the new damage model changes. Okay, I'm going next. Uh, we got uh, an actual race car driver posted up. Hey, join me for some iRacing fun at Suzuka. I got a practice qualifying and race up and hosted. Just look for my name. Uh, the guy is called Christopher Mize, M-I-E-S. And he is a uh, basically an Audi driver over in uh, Europe. And... Uh, if you were on hosted, you had the opportunity to run with him at Suzuka. Pretty cool when uh, you get these real race car drivers uh, on iRacing and you have a chance to get in there and, and rub knuckles with them. It's good to see people, them starting to do this, you know. This is how you can connect with your fans on a different level, too. Yeah, he puts it up on his Twitter. Hey, guys, fans, come race with me. I think it's good for iRacing, too, when you get, you know, the mainstream kind of drivers, you know, throughout the motorsports world, especially in Europe, hey, they're using iRacing, too. It's going to make it more of a worldwide product, you know. It's going to have more of an impact to get out there to see more eyeballs. Okay. I have no idea who's next, so Brent, you're next. Hardware, All software. Right. We got the new uh, Star VR headset, which is a new headset out on the market. Pretty impressive if you're just looking to get into the um, to the VR aspect of iRacing. Think about it, though, is you got to have a pretty impressive system to run this, from what I've read. Currently, it's a 90 hertz refresh rate, 210 degrees uh, frame of view horizontal, and 130 vertical. If you're curious to know what type of graphics card you're going to need for this, I... Um, was just doing some quick research and the lowest it's saying that it'll minimum system requirements is a GeForce 1080. So you're going to have to uh, fork out some cash if you don't have that, that graphics card yet with this headset, but it's a very sharp looking headset. I will say that. What do you guys think? Wow. That's an interesting design. Yeah. But will it work in iRacing? That's another thing too. It seems like they kind of have, I mean, I Seems like the Oculus is really the only one that uh, works without issues now. I think so, so something like the Sony and some of the other ones have some issues. It seems like this. I don't know. I think I'd stick with Oculus, but it sure does look cool. One of the little videos they have on the page it, they, it shows as Project Cars too, so we know it works with them. Yeah, but pretty much anything will work with a uh, just a, a video game. Basically, it seems like Iris is a little bit more picky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, who knows? I, I, from what I know, this is a brand new product that's just been announced. So, the more they have out there, though, the the more some of these other ones will get driven down, get in the hands of people. It's it's awesome seeing more people get into that market. It it looks big and heavy. I mean, that's my impression of it. But with all the hardware in it and the FOV that's so wide, I mean, man, that is it really. St- you know, just looking at the specs that you mentioned, Brent, it it sounds like it might be the next generation of of VR. Yeah, I'm 
I'd be really, I know I just went the triples, but I'd be really interested to see how this works. Part of my reason why I didn't go to VR before is because you heard those complaints and stuff. And um, with this new one, I'd be really interested to see what it, what it's going to be like. I haven't seen a pricing on this yet. Have you guys? Nope. Yep. Same here. No, there's nothing on the pay. I went looking for it earlier, looking for a price, but I couldn't find one. But I think it's that new. I mean, I don't know if they actually have a product. This could be all CAD, you know, computer graphic generated on this page. I have no idea. Now, the website is starvr.com, so it's pretty easy to find, starvr. Okay, let's keep moving. Chris, what's next? Uh, Next, it looks like uh, NVIDIA finally announced their new graphics cards this week. I'm not all that impressed with them, obviously. Honestly, um, the price is actually a little bit cheaper than I expected, though. So they're not too bad. So they have uh, the GeForce RTX uh, 2080 Ti. That one's going to run you about 1,200 bucks. The uh, RTX 2080 is about 800, and the RTX 2070 is around 600 bucks. 600. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're definitely not as expensive as I, th- as I thought they were going to be. But I'm just not. I'm not sold on the the performance of these things for the extra money, particularly in iRacing, because that's really all I'm going to use it for. But yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that it just drives down um, the price of some of the older cards, which it may. And then I, I we had a Jonathan Wall, one of our teammates, said that he had heard today that um, Nvidia had actually ramped up production of their cards during all the um, data mining garbage and now they have a bit of a surplus so if you're in the market for a card and you're not going to prices come down here soon yep yep now what's interesting too is um the the new code is rtx okay and why is it not gtx well they went to rtx because of a new technology called ray tracing and so these new cards have a different uh, technology called this ray tracing. I've been trying to learn about it. I haven't learned a lot about it yet, but it is completely different than what uh, the previous graphic cards used uh, as far as how how these things work. And, and, and so I don't know much more than that, but I am learning about it and hope to have more information on future podcasts. But the big question is, like you said, how does this new technology work with iRacing? I think that's still an unknown too. Now, you can pre-order now on Newegg.com. I saw this earlier today. I saw an advertisement they're trying to get me to uh, buy. But, uh, you know, they're going to offer it in the other third-party versions. It'll be a little bit cheaper when you buy off-brand like that. Uh, The prices that Chris read out were the Founder Edition prices. All right, so what do you guys think? I mean, if I was building a system right now, what do you do? Like John Wall said, do you wait because they're going to have these other older cards, you know, at a more inexpensive price point? Or do you want to get this latest and greatest new technology? I'd I'd wait been... for, I wouldn't wait for the, the new stuff. I would, if, that, if they drop those prices ridiculously like they should for the 1080s, I, I would jump on that for a while. They're, they're more than what you need for right now. And there's no need to spend double the amount of money just because it's got a, it's you know a couple of years newer. Yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of a 1070 or 1080 since last Christmas. 
Uh, that's pretty much when the, the data mine garbage blew up and they got crazy expensive. So yeah, I think I'll just, I'm going to wait just a little bit longer and then pick up one of the older ones. Yeah, just like Greg said, that's, that's all you need for iRacing and that's what I'm doing. doing. I can pick up a 1080 and be just fine for iRacing and VR. I don't need to spend the extra money on one of these newer cards. Now, the the top of the line RTX 2080, it does say on the ingadget.com article that uh, with those kind of specs, it's a huge boost over the current GTX 1080 and should even outperform the GTX 1080 Ti. And so there is a, a, a performance boost there, but you're looking at that 1200 bucks as a price point. Yeah, you can get a ten, you're, I'm sure in the next probably two to three months you probably get a 1080 ti probably will be around the 400 dollar mark well that'll be the one to get jeez considering i just had to cut off my left arm to get one if you're looking at the way that because i saw a bunch of them being posted today already you know for used ones so if you know the used ones start dropping the price you know you're going to be able to find a newer one if the market's as diluted as it's going to be you could probably get a good deal on one yeah, that's really what I'm hoping on is just somebody, you know, there's some crazy dude out there that goes and gets his upgrade and wants to get rid of his 1080 and I will be there to snatch that up. <laughs> well, and you also got, you know, we're coming into the best time of the year too for deals coming up. I mean, you got Black Fridays coming and all that too. So there's going to be some deals. Yeah, I got my vote on for oversaturation. Saturate the hell out of this market. Let's get those prices down. Cause <laughs> right. T- Tony needs a new graphics card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg, you're next. Uh, the next one, we're talking about the rim, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so this is, I was just looking at this because I was, I know Mike was, you know, he's got, this is a lot, for, can work for Logitech and Thrustmaster, I guess, from what I'm just quickly reading here. Um, Mike, uh, Morley would probably be interested in this for his uh, system because uh, he'd like to have a road racing rim for his stuff. So it's a GT rim add-on carbon with clutch. So like I was saying, it works for Logitech and Thrustmaster wheels. Um, I guess it's the Thrustmaster OSW wheel. Um, it's a pretty nice uh, looking setup here. It's got a display screen. I'm just counting the buttons. It's got like six buttons plus two knobs that you can switch to, uh, it looks like toggles of one has four settings and one has tw- uh, 12 settings. So it looks like you can get some pretty good button combinations there. It's it's really nice. It's got some really good grip, uh, you know, steering wheel grip, you know, on the sides, but then carbon fiber everywhere else. Like you said, the nice display as well. A really nice uh, looking product and a good price too. 549 euros. Which we've seen wheels like this go for double that easily. Yeah, that, like I was saying, I just purchased uh, the, G, the McLaren GT Fanatic rim that'll be here Monday, and I want to see how that's going to compete with all of what it's got. Well, that's a real good value too. And that's similar to what this one is. So, I mean, how much was that one again? The Fanatec. It's uh, I think it's one six. If I remember correctly, it's one sixty nine. Yeah, American, American. So yeah, if you're in Europe, this might be an option for you. Uh, check it out. Uh, their website is called three d wrap it. It's three d r a p dot it. And this is a 
a project where two companies have come together to build this thing. So, Can I take the next one too, Mike? Yes, please. Because I sent this to Mike when I, we were joking. Uh, the reason I sent this to Mike over, uh, or oh, I put this on the messenger, Mike and I were talking in the one room because we were watching the Lamar race, and it looked like one of the guys was using one of these to run the race the way he was driving down the straightaways. So that's why I posted this. It just happened to come across it right when uh, we were watching a guy in one of the races, but it looks like a pretty good gadget. So what it is, is it's for your Xbox controller. You can make it into a racing wheel with this 3D print upgrade. So it looks like, uh, is it one, two, three, four, five, six pieces? and put them together and well it's five pieces and a bearing and you put them together and you can uh you know you, it activates the uh control it sits on the front of your xbox controller and you can make it it's like having a steering wheel in the center of the uh controller so that and it uses a an arm to control the uh, left joy con to uh you know steer the car it actually looks pretty it looks know, like it would be smooth. accurate yeah, yeah smooth it was, and accurate I was actually going to ask Mike uh, Morley to he has a 3D printer to try and print it and see, I wanted like to test it out and see how it actually is if he can do it. Yeah, I don't know why there hasn't been a retail version of this thing come out. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, you think it would be like those aftermarket companies, right? That just I'm yeah, really surprised like... that they've never you know, like in the uh, market for uh, Xbox and PlayStation when you know they have those like off brands that make like those turbo controllers. Like they they never did make one that would have like a wheel or anything part of in the controller to for like racing like a little tiny like knob that you can turn or something like that. They never did make any controller like that. They've all you know when you got a controller you're just using the analog stick or the yeah the, the thumbsticks. It's clever. It looks like it could be printed up for like just a few cents, like a dollar or something. It's just a a few small pieces of plastic, but it's very clever how it's designed. Yeah, Control Freak could uh, make these things and probably sell them for 20 bucks, <laughs> And they probably will at some point. All right, Tony, you're next. Crap. I got caught looking at that thing, and I didn't want to say anything because I think it's really stupid. But <laughs> You're, you're, you're going to get caught looking at this one, too, Tony. Uh, and yeah. you're going like, to like this one. I don't know about that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did see this. Um... <laughs> So what this it's it's a it's a helmet VR so it's like a a, a full out helmet like a racing helmet um, and I can't look at this video it's not working oh. for me oh, yeah the VR it. is is installed inside the helmet it's like part of the helmet yeah yeah and you know what hey the the idea is cool and you, you if you're going for immersion well this will uh, give you that immersion feeling for sure um the only thing that i could see about this and i'm not a guy that sweats a whole lot but that'd oh, be hotter hot. than hell i Jeez. could never do it It'd be way too hot yeah it's a really cool idea but i don't know why you'd ever want to do it to yourself i mean the vr is going to be hot enough why do you why do you want to put on a whole helmet is beyond me now you're gonna have to have you, like uh, a i'll tell you why because i think if you look into it more for twenty four hundred dollars, you get the helmet plus it comes. I think with a mini chassis motion rig, chassis rig, if I'm not mistaken. After looking through their website further, wow, twenty four hundred bucks. Man, I'd hope they'd offer like uh, 
you know, a ventilation system similar to like the uh, the actual NASCAR drivers have that hook, you know, big Plug hose. hose. Hooks for, yeah, yeah. And, and now you're talking, right? <laughs> right. Now that would be different. I would, you know, if you had the cold air blowing on the back of your head, neck or head or something. I think it'd be easy to do. I'm be I'm, if they don't have, I'm be surprised if they don't add it. it might have yeah. some fans built in there. We yeah, you can't see. I would possibly. Well, pretty interesting uh, idea. We've seen this before on the podcast, but this is a much sleeker version of it. I mean, you can't when you first look at the helmet, you can't, you don't really see the goggles until you really look at it, because um, it really does fit inside the helmet kind of look. All right, uh, Brent, you're next. All right, so this is the podium DD1 um, auction, I believe, for their Fanatec. Is it the wheel and wheelbase? I'm not really. Yeah, it's the new director. That. Direct drive wheels. Just the base, though. Okay, just the base. So they're about to start up the auction as far as pricing and and uh, shipping some more out. Do any of you guys have this? Have you guys gone through these guys? It's, Not this wheel. It's uh, I, I run Fanatec, but the, this uh, it was started on Monday. It was supposed to go up. Yeah, it's already over. The auction's over, and uh, there were some software problems, apparently. Uh, he he said there was a problem with the software code, but apparently, uh, you know, people auctioned, you know, they went through the auction and they bid on it, these wheels, and uh, they didn't pay, nobody paid more than the retail price, but they, apparently they got really close to the retail price, like within 50 bucks or something. And so, um, you know, some people got their wheels, some other people weren't able to bid because some of the software issues and there's a thread about it, but uh, I don't think I would ever participate in the auction like this. It's kind of weird for me. Yeah, I, on Fanatec's website right now, they've got it listed for a thousand dollars, nine ninety nine ninety five. So anyway, if you wanted to be on the first round of that product, you missed it. <laughs> All right, Chris, you're next. Yeah, Mike, I pulled this one up. This is the original post on this is just so ridiculously huge. Um, you know, the gist of this. I have a Netgear router, so if they have problems with Netgear routers, I like to know what it is, but I, I can't dig through the. Yeah, the so basically, post. Uh, you know, some some of the guys from iRacing are saying that that here recently, like this week, uh, Netgear routers seem to be problematic, at least certain models. Nick has been working with one that definitely has connectivity issues for the SIM. And so they actually have a Netgear router that they're testing with the SIM and a, a particular model. And it actually doesn't, it, you know, keeps dropping. I think the Nick was saying every three minutes or something, uh, once you're on the SIM for three minutes, it'll drop the connection. And uh, they're trying to figure it out. But basically, it's a warning of don't use Netgear <laughs> unless you have to, I guess. I don't know. I've always used Netgear and still using it, and I haven't had any problems. Well, that's it for the U.S. consumer. There's not a lot of choices. Uh, you walk into a you know a regular electronics store like a Best Buy, that's all they sell is Netgear. Yeah, and I've, for gaming in particular, I've loved having their routers. Their equipment is awesome for gaming. I actually had to get it because my wife and I both game, and um, just a regular router has issues with having with the routing the IP for the two Xboxes in the same house. So yeah, their stuff works great for me. So iRacing is troubleshooting the issue. 
they're working with the Netgear R7900 and the R8000 specifically and trying to figure out what to do about it. So anyway, more to come. All right, Greg, uh, you're next. Caught me sleeping here. I was looking up something else here. Where are we on here? Uh, this is that crazy simulator. Yeah, I still can't get. I don't know if he'll be able to get that to pull up because I still. Let me see if it comes up. Oh, uh, I sent you a link in the chat. Yeah, uh, it's not coming up uh, on this link here, but uh, I saw the actual video and we were having a nice conversation <laughs> on our messenger about it. Um, that is one ridiculous, but I, I think it's more designed for flight simulators, though, isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah, running a flight combat. sim. But that would be uh, an interesting simulation for uh, you know. If you got up and uh, crashed and flown around and stuff like that, you would <laughs> wonder what would happen. Yeah, Brent, I think you said it made you sick just watching the video. Oh, I'm getting sick just thinking about it. Yeah, and for like a, a listener that's trying to imagine what we're talking about, it's basically a, a, <laughs> a chassis that could spin in every direction that you can possibly think of, just like a, a plane. I was telling Mike in the chat that I, I, this looks awesome, but I would hope that it would have like a, a no flip feature. So I would, you know, if you're if you're racing and I racing and you don't feel like going upside down, you wouldn't have to. Listen, man, you want the real thing, okay? Yeah, immersion. This sim uh, is so cool because it moves every single direction, every single way that's possibly it could move. You could move if you can imagine that. Yeah, that's yeah. what happens. Like, was it you, Brent? I can't remember who it was that had to flip their car. Like, yep, yep. you get one of those yep. iRacing flips. It's like 100 feet into the ground. Then what's this thing do? Yeah, you get that with the uh, that VR headset or that oh, VR um, helmet we had earlier. That's perfect. Let's go. <laughs> you gotta make you gotta make sure your whole. Like I was gonna say with VR because they have the the wires attached. You'd have to make sure that everything's on the rig then, because if that's flipping upside down, you're gonna get tangled. Yeah, all the hardware would have to be on the thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I do want to see this in iRacing, and I want to see how it would work. So if anyone's got a video, shoot us well, a message. I mean, how would it feel like if you're going making a right turn, and then you make a left turn, and the thing spins when you make the turn, because <laughs> it can. I mean, is it going to really feel disorienting, or is it going to feel normal or real? I don't know. Could you imagine going like... Like a place like you know, Road America is very hilly, like Mid Ohio, like those road court, those road courses that are really hilly. You'd be up and down. That's crazy, crazy sim. Yeah, I'd love to see an iRacing racing version of that. I I absolutely love everything about this simulator. It's probably one of my most favorite simulators. Um, just like my lord, could you imagine? Like, okay, we can step out of the out of the racing part and just and do a flight sim and you're like you're 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 doing barrel rolls and you're in a dog fight with somebody and you're spinning around getting all crazy um it's like you got a roller coaster right in your own house it's that it's so freaking cool did you see if there's a price for this mike or is this thing for sale or is this something that some guy put together this something i found on facebook uh <laughs> yeah and it, it's from uh brazil i believe or something well to coin you know, many memes uh, thrown about the uh, the interwebs. Shut up and take my money. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could really make a racing sim out of that somehow, I'm sure. All right, let's jump into results. Uh, let's talk Bristol. Uh, Brent, uh, you raced Thursday night. P28 
Terrible. Started, yeah, started P10, top 10 all race, but you got ran over. Yeah, I got ran over at the, uh, uh, for some restart, I'm assuming. Long story short is this entire week has just been terrible. It's from last week, and uh, I'm ready for next week. Yeah, I didn't have a good Bristol myself, and so uh, then Friday open, uh, Tony Rochette got a P5, actually. A cluster of a race, he said, dodged a few wrecks and was damaged from a few. Uh, definitely had a top three car, but at one point in uh, in the rear of the field running faster laps than the leaders. A late race wall scrape kept me from being in contention. Uh, best NIS finish till Saturday morning, so... And then, Chris, uh, you got one of your DQ outs uh, that morning. <laughs> yeah, one of many. But, uh, yeah, it, Tony did a great job that race um, just because he had minutes of damage, and it's not easy to get that stuff fixed at Bristol. And one of the uh, the big incidents that he had, we actually had, was me just absolutely destroying the rear end of his car. We had a um, a guy that lagged out uh, under caution, and we were just we were getting ready to come up to get the green, and when he disappeared, when he dropped out, his car, just like he was stomped the gas pedal and just came flying up into the field and went straight into me and knocked me up into Tony. But yeah, he, he and that was kind of the story of, of Bristol for me. It was, it was pretty rough after, uh, John Hammer told me Wednesday, take my seventh place finish and not go back to Bristol and call it a week. And I didn't listen and maybe I should have. <laughs> right. Yeah. Steve Llewellyn, uh, he, he got wrecked out of the top five as well. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, in that rate that split with us as, as well, and yeah, all all three of us had good speed, and yeah, Stephen was, uh, yeah, he was fast the whole race, and and got took out just by some Bristol garbage. All right, now Saturday fix morning, Tony Rochette again ran P three, so he had some good runs, P five, P three. Uh, he got caught up in a wreck early, had five minutes optional, was four laps down at one point, made it back to the lead lap, and best NIS finish ever. Uh, P3. Yeah, once again with that damage, man, that's really impressive to me because there's a couple races where I had a couple of minutes, and that is that is not easy to uh, take care of when, when you're uh, such a short track. All I right, just want to I just want to say about Tony too. I, I would say in the last two or three weeks, you know, you see him running the opens and fixed races here. It's good to see him because he was only running fixed before he joined the team, and now he's running open races, and he's starting to get finishes that he wants, and it's good yeah, to see him butt. doing that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, the next day, uh, all, we already talked about Steve Llewellyn's uh, P1. Uh, he won his uh, first NIS race there, so congrats out to him. He talked about that earlier. And then, uh, Chris, you got P24 and Brent P25. Yep, that was my best finish of the week. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I don't remember much of that race. They kind of all ran together. I, I right. never ran again. Well, I shouldn't have. Yeah, we shouldn't have. But both Chris and I ran Sunday fixed. <laughs> I wrecked out uh, P22. It was like nine minutes damage. Uh, I let it repair, eventually went back, just ran a few laps, you know, ran it around, you know, finished P22. But, Chris, you got P31. Again, you were wrecked out early, too. Uh, yeah, and then the one car as well. So, yeah, it was, that was terrible. I just took a, just been hemorrhaging, I rating all week. 
Well, it's over. Uh, now we're in the off week, and so what are we doing in the off week? Uh, we were running Delara Dash, Pickup Cup, that kind of stuff last night. Uh, pretty fun, Brent. We had a couple of good races, and uh, Chris, we ended up wrecking each other a couple times, too. <laughs> yeah, I got to see the whites of your eyes that race. You got you got in that Pickup Cup, Yeah, you got spun by somebody on the inside and ended up backwards right in front of me. Yeah, I'm like wrecked up in the front of the field. I get wrecked. You're in the back of the field, and somehow we meet. <laughs> <laughs> nose to nose. That's uh, got to keep checking those off, eh, Chris? <laughs> yeah, that's a one more teammate down. I got to get a checklist oh, set together for you. <laughs> I'm not on that checklist, thank God. Neither am I. Are you saying he's the one to avoid? Yes. Yeah, you have one. When coming. you're in a Chris Sales scales split, just be careful. Yeah, I'll find I'm gonna the tell you what. I'm glad I'm always starting in front of them then. Wreck magnet. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's it. Off week, we got uh, Darlington and then Indy. Uh, some some people on our team have been doing the A Open Indy, uh, getting ready for NIS uh, coming up, but I probably won't. But uh, what? anything else you guys going to run this week? Um, yeah, probably do some Indy practice and uh, definitely going to run uh, the – anniversary series i haven't done yet that yet this week right all right let's talk uh, real quick uh, the world championships uh we got peak ran at texas motor speedway right before they start their playoffs uh, ryan michael luza back to his dominant self with his fourth win in the peak series this year so far so congrats to ryan michael luza i did miss the race i didn't have a chance to see it but uh heard it was okay Ray Alfala leads the points over Keegan Lee. He by 10 points. Then Bobby Zielinski in third. Ryan Michaeluza, our recent winner, in fourth. All right, let's see what's next. Uh, that's it. Let's jump to final thoughts. Brent McCoy. Yeah, this uh, past week NIS has been extremely rough. I'm glad to see Bristol go. Uh, Darlington, for me, is probably not much better, but I'm looking forward to Indy. So, um, that's going well. Also, if you guys got a second, as far as listeners, go ahead, check out our iRaces Lounge, uh, podcast or uh, Facebook page. Hopefully we can start posting some more stuff out there. I know I've been working on some stuff and a couple of teammates have, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're all over the internet. Make sure to find us guys. All right, Chris Scales, final thoughts. Yeah, I forgot to um, mention some of my other racing this week. So since we have an off week, I'm going to be racing all of the races with the, the Old Bastards Racing League this this week. And uh, last week uh, at Bristol, I had a couple of pretty good races. Um, in the Xfinity race, I only made it uh, the first 20 or 30 laps or so. And we had, I believe, one of the only cautions of the race. The races were incredibly clean uh, for Bristol compared to NIS. But didn't know until later in the race when um, Steve Thompson told me about this. But I guess Bobby Hamilton Jr. was in that pile up with me. He was he was running with us. Bobby there. <laughs> Hamilton Jr. Man, yeah. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, yeah. He was. Um, I, I guess he pops in ever so often. And also uh, Noah Grayson was in a, a practice with me for the the truck race this week. And I guess he pops in quite a bit with them. But yeah, once I finish up this week, I'll have my six races in and get my official number and all that good stuff. And yeah, these guys have been awesome to race, race with. So yeah, if you're in that, uh, 3,500, I read and below and 35 years and up, definitely check it out. I think Tony might be joining us soon. I hope. 
Yeah, I, uh, we, you know, we've we've been talking about it a lot. We had uh, the fellow on the podcast, and uh, my my interest is totally peaked. I'm uh, I'm just waiting for my uh, my real life schedule to kind of settle down a bit. Yeah, I think you'd have a blast with a good group of guys and super clean racing. Yeah, that was another thing. I did get DQ'd out of um, the Cup race, but they have a nine X incident limit. Whoa. Which is crazy when you think about it. But actually, um, I got DQ with 20 laps to go. That's how clean the race was. And actually, really, I wouldn't have been DQ'd if it wasn't for iRacing's stupid 4Xs. Because I I had two 4Xs, uh, one from a couple accidents, and neither one of them, both I had less than 20 seconds of damage. So to me, they shouldn't have been 4Xs. And then Scrape the Wall wants to get DQ'd. Uh, Noah Grayson in the practice. That's pretty cool, man. He's hot right now. Yeah, and actually one of the guys in the league had a faster, a quicker time than him. <laughs> and I've I, I spaced on his name right now, but he actually ended up winning um, that truck race. So, yeah, good on him. Nice. All right, uh, Gregory Hectus, uh, final thoughts. Uh, it's just... Uh... Been a really long week. I haven't done any racing at all this week. Obviously, it's an off week, so I'm pretty much an NIS guy. But I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get into the road series after the 24 hours of Le Mans. I basically took a hiatus from i racing for about three days and didn't really do anything. Um, I'm hoping this week I can. Ru- I'm gonna run as many road races as I can, even and especially the the trucks and the Xfinity cars are both on road courses this week, which are my two favorite tracks to run on and one's home is a hometown track. So I really love that. Um, and then, uh, I guess the other thing is I'm just going to let everybody know you can always follow me. I'm always streaming whenever I'm racing. So you can free, uh, follow me at twitch.tv slash frozen cactus. Um, frozen's with two O's cactus, two K's, you know, like, and subscribe to me. Um, I'm always on, uh, I also do the podcast now from my, my page. So you can watch, my what i do while the podcast is going on um and i'm just excited to get you know get to darlington get the nis series going and um i just want to say also thank you to phil and mike uh morley for you know a great 24 hours of you know teamwork that we tried tried to uh, to accomplish there and i'm glad that we uh, got a result out of it as well yeah great result for sure um congratulations on that all right, Tony Gross, final thoughts. Well, I'm uh we're we're sitting at about two weeks away from uh you know, the kids going back to school and I, I couldn't be more friggin' grateful. I need my schedule to uh to go back to normal. Um haven't been doing a whole lot of racing and you know, I had to miss the podcast last week because uh well I was on vacation and it was enjoyable, but uh I did listen to it and you guys did a fantastic job. I was uh I was thoroughly entertained. Um so, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I didn't do Bristol, um, Darlington. I'm looking forward to earning my stripe. I haven't, uh, I've never raced there. So, uh, that, that'll, that'll be interesting. I'm sure that'll, I'll be coming up with some colorful curse words throughout those races, but I'm looking forward to it anyways. Oh, Darlington. You haven't run that. That's it. Yeah. The turns one and two, boy, I tell you what, you have to drive it in there harder than you think right up against the wall and it sticks because it is a banked and you can run within a foot of that wall all the way, the way through one and two and that's really the only way to run that track so you got to figure it out you got to figure the exit of two out two is the critical exit 
Yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can uh, I, I can jump on here before next week starts and and get a bit of a head start on some on some practicing. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm ready to. My final thoughts. I'm ready to move on from Bristol. Uh, I took a lot of I rating hit there. Um, but you know, I'm not letting the I rating hit, you know, stop me from racing and, um, had a, you know, couple decent, you know, runs, but mostly got wrecked out. And so, uh, had a sixth and an eighth, but never, nothing in fixed. I, it was like fixed was a wreck fest and open wasn't so bad for me, but I don't know what happened with fixed, but, uh, ready for Darlington, you know, and Indy and uh the playoffs in general this is our last off week of the season guys so it's uh from here on out through the end of the year so um looking forward to it i'm 24th in points i believe uh in nis open so trying to break into the top 20 still but it's not far off i'm not too many points out so also had a listener ask about getting the podcast on um one of those fancy uh music streaming uh, services. What is it called? Oh, Spotify. Yeah. So, um, Spotify. So I did submit our podcast to Spotify via some kind of Google form they have, uh, to see if we can get the podcast on there. So I don't see any reason why we can't, but I haven't heard back from them. So I don't know what the process is, but hopefully soon, but until then, uh, check us out everywhere else. Hey Mike, before you go out there too, the reason the other thing they got to do, if you want us on Spotify, if I remember correctly with Spotify, it needs to be requested by people to have it on Spotify. So if you guys want to hear us on Spotify, you got to request it too. So, you know, yeah, the more people that want to listen to it, they want to, you know, they'll add it when people want it. Yeah, I did submit it. I don't know what their process is, uh, but they're not a regular podcast service, but apparently you can get your podcast there. So we're trying uh, but obviously, the best way to get us is Apple, iTunes, or Google Play Store, or Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, or iRacersLounge.com. Twitch, my Twitch. Or, yeah, the Frozen Cactus, that's the other one. And the other thing about YouTube is uh, Will Gibson has been on hiatus because he changed jobs. Hopefully, he'll be back soon, and he'll get that YouTube going again, I know it. So, uh, with that... We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.